Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Well, it was a week that removed any doubt that the refs and match review committee are just making it up as they go along, with send-offs, sin bins, charges and of course injuries set to shake things up for our teams yet again. It's a supercoach year unlike any other, with a staggering 11 fullbacks averaging 70-plus and only two slots for them. Here to help us choose the two best options is a man who's such a hipster, he's using one of those slots to stash Tex Hoy, it's Wilf. How are you, mate? Good, good, good. I'm uh, I'm feeling refreshed, invigorated. I had a, a kid-free weekend. Uh, it was my, my 10-year anniversary, would you believe it? I don't, can't even believe I've been married that long, but yeah, it was a good weekend. Mate, you're such a junkie. You were still posting photos in the Discord and having a chat with our champs and uh, we were all screaming at you to get on with the job. So um, glad that you're refreshed. Um, speaking of on the job, though, uh, it isn't a Supercoach Champions podcast without the 2018 champ, a man whose team has hit the skids harder than the ones on his Manscaped undies. It's Bear. How are you, buddy? Yeah, mate. Just a, a minor setback for a bigger comeback. But what's that saying, they say? I've got no idea. What's your score, mate? 1,118, and it dropped me back about 1.5 thousand places into the 6K range. So just a minor setback, but um, yeah. Lots of, lots of pitfalls through the week, uh, which we'll, we'll surely talk about. I got 1161, which uh, puts me around 3,500, which seems to be my level this year. It's four out of the six rounds. I've been around 3,500. But pacing us both, Wilf, uh, how'd you go this week? Yeah, not too bad. 1199. So I'm a little bit, little bit miffed that I, uh, I was on 1200 at one stage. And then for some reason, the, the update gods decided to take one point off me just to keep me in check. But um, I'm sitting at 11.98 rank-wise overall, so not too bad. Tracking all right. I feel like I've still set up pretty well for the season. Yeah, I'm feeling good for the year. Good stuff, mate. And as always, a case of do as we say, not as we do with our champs doing really well. Yeah, as, uh, we've still got Alex, coach of Bed and Stand Up, pacing the champs. He's sitting at fifth. Uh, only seven, 70 points behind first. So whilst he's dropping a little bit in rank-wise, I'm, I'm seriously not concerned. He actually factored in a rank drop this week from having a chat to him. So he's well and truly got, got his eye in. He knows exactly what he's doing. So it's great to see. Obviously, shout out also to Don, coach of Walters Woofers in Eagle 10th, and also John, coach of Micah the Marnie in 13th. But uh, obviously, really got to give a shout out to the Chumps Only League Hashtag Chumps for Life, number one overall league, which is always great. And uh, we also have the second rank lead, um, one of our head-to-head leagues as well. Uh, still three out of the top five uh, leagues, the Champs Leagues. we got five in the top ten. Still tra- tracking well. Like Honestly, after our hot start, I thought by now we would have faded, but uh, they're, they're all doing really, really well. So it's great to see for sure. And Joe, Turbo Hammy's Cup, you finally got your first win. First win, It's I was uh, dead motherless last coming into this week and uh, finally got my first win in the head-to-head. So I'm one and three, uh, got up over the Supercoach Whisperer um, and you went down, mate. I think you were equal top before this week, but you lost to Barnsley. Yeah, Barnsley from the All-Stars. Uh, it was it was pretty rough. I was I was tracking for an, a comfortable win, but then Gutherson, junk try right at the end there. That pretty much killed me off. Uh, that's literally what I lost by. So, yeah, bloody gutho. But that's all right. I'm still tracking well. Three and one. Can't complain about that at all. Yep. So, Wilf, uh, Turbo's Hammy Cup is a big boys league for sure, just like the Chumps Only League. Uh, and speaking of big boys, talk us through our friends at Manscaped. 
Yeah, so support for the Supercoach Champions podcast. We're brought to you by Manscaped, who currently are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And the good news is Manscaped's finally launched in Australia. Look, I remember when I was younger, you know, back, not to say it's a long time ago, but, you know, we didn't have fancy stuff like trimmers, especially as a, as a you know, a teen or a poor uni student. We had to use razors. It was, it was scary business to clean up. Uh, down there. But look, that's why Manscaped, they've redesigned electric trimmer. They've spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. This third generation trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's really good stuff. Uh, premium battery, it's waterproof, use it in the showers, even coming with the spiffy LED light, which uh, makes sure you can see all the nooks and crannies so you don't cut yourself accidentally. If you want 20% off and free shipping, use the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And just again, 20% off and free shipping of all the goods there. You use the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping and make sure you use the word CHAMPIONS. Your balls will thank you for sure. Hey, boy, do you know how good it is? How good is it? Mate, we've all been there. So my missus is two months to dropping our second kid. And you know how, like, right at the end there, they're uncomfortable and, like, you just got no hope on the workbench. Pulled out the Manscaped the other day and there we go, back on the tools. Mate, you're earning wife points uh, while keeping the boys clean. Very nice. Uh, so, Wilf, you've got, uh, after one week away, we've got Brian Sini, the NRL physio, to have a quick chat with you uh, through the various injuries for the week. What's the matter? All right, welcome again to Brian Sini, the NRL Physio. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at NRL Physio, and more importantly, finally, uh, he's got his Patreon up and running, and you can find him at patreon.com slash NRL Physio. I have to say, you know, we obviously subbed on as soon as we could, and it's well worth your cash. Basically, he is... We, we know what he does, but it's the most comprehensive casualty ward that you can get anywhere uh, on top of obviously top-rate injury analysis. But, Brian, it's uh, great to see you've got that run up and running. How are you going, mate? Yeah, mate, good. Yeah, it's been um, – I've had some good feedback from it so far. Like I, I thought, you know, I thought doing a casualty ward would be quite simple, but um, doing it to the level that I want to do it to and that people sort of appreciate it does take a fair bit of work, but – I think it's been worthwhile. A lot of the feedback that I've got, I, pretty much every injury, you know, even if they're not missing time, even if it's an eagle or something like that, I'll have the player in there. I'll have, you know, uh, a write up on what the expectations are for the injury and expected return time, um, that kind of thing. If anybody plays NFL fantasy out there, you know, it's a lot of that kind of stuff that is built into a lot of the, um, a lot of the fantasy applications and stuff. It's, it's analysis on those. You know, every single, every player, every injury, every niggle, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so there's that. We, I do the weekly video wrap-up, which is sort of talking through anything and any questions and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been going good so far. Yep, and it's top, top-rate stuff. So make sure you get involved. Again, patreon.com slash physio. But look, uh, round six, only a couple of key injuries, so we'll jump straight into it. Firstly, uh, for the Roosters, two star props for them, Takeaho and Waria Hargraves. Unfortunately, they look like they're going to miss some time. Talk us through those. Yeah, look, um, 
Warrior Hargraves is probably the real mysterious one. The Roosters is very, um, you know, typical for them to be as vague as possible with their diagnosis. So they just sort of said a shoulder capsule injury. The capsule is kind of the ligaments and the, and the connective tissue that surrounds the ball and socket joint. An injury to that, like you, like when you say, like, you know, if you say a hamstring injury, you're either looking at two weeks or, you know, eight to ten weeks maybe at worst. With a shoulder capsule injury, he could be back this week. He could need reconstruction surgery because the capsule's too loose and be out for the season. So that's why, like, I'm, I wasn't being purposely vague when I tweeted about it. Like, I just sort of said there's a wide range because I don't think there's a lot of value in me saying he could be back next week or he could be out you know, for six months. So, um, yeah, that's just a result of what the Roosters say. So I guess, look, uh, once again, we, we always record this around Tuesday lunchtime. Team list will come out this afternoon, so we'll see whether he's named, whether it's a minor thing or whether he needs a couple of weeks. Uh, Tauke Aho, look, they thought it was a fracture at first. Thankfully, they sort of came back and said it wasn't. I've heard a few conflicting reports. One report sort of said he's going to miss a week or two. Another report said he's really pushing to play on Anzac Day. With those rib cartilage injuries, they are super, super painful. Um, but it is one of those things that they can sort of needle up and play through. Now, um, I, I went into it actually, funnily enough, I wrote up a bit of a thing for the Patreon side of things, but I looked into um, players who've played through rib cartilage injuries in the past, and particularly middle forwards, uh, because it is an injury that does have a high recurrence rate or or aggravation rate because you can get hit like if you've got a sore part of your ribs and you get hit in that spot again even if you've got a needle up it's going to aggravate it and it can limit their effectiveness and there's a couple examples of like the two most prominent ones the Jai Arrow and um, Sam Burgess their fantasy output dropped significantly even though they missed no time with a rib cartilage injury they both dropped I think Arrow was about Seven points per game, and Burgess was about twenty points per game um, for for the next five games after, and and they didn't miss any time. They just kept playing through, which, as I said, you can do. Um, but once again, that's kind of the you know the analysis that I like to provide is not just are they going to play or not, but how effective are they going to be? And once again, with Takeaho, it's one of those ones he could go out and pump out an eighty point game this week but the odds aren't in his favour and there's you know when you're deciding between him or, or another player or trading out or whatever you're like I'd lean towards trading the guy who has that risk of you know even if he's playing he's probably a not going to be at 100% and he's be at risk of copping a blow halfway through the game and then being out for the rest of the game. That's um, helped make my trade decisions easier I was on the fence about trying to hold him but I think yeah on the, on the back of that, I, I'm leaning towards trading him out and hopefully getting him back for a bit cheaper down, later down the track. Um, moving on to another big name, obviously Ryan Pappenhausen, minor AC joint injury, but also seems like he had to deal with a potential ankle injury as well. And, you know, the controversy about whether he should have gone off for a HIA and all that type of stuff. I mean, <laughs> look, let's not get into it. We've spoken about a concussion plenty, uh, but... Yeah, so there's a. It seems like it's a big chance he's going to miss this week. Yeah, so the AC joint injury, funnily enough, it's a bit like the rib cartilage injury in that it, it, the minimal risk for sort of long term permanent damage. So guys can often play through it with a needle, and he did say that he got needled up um, in the game last week to sort of get through it. So after he suffered the AC joint injury. Um, but once again, it's effectiveness. It's a question of, look, probably less likely to aggravate, especially for a fullback, because you kind of have to 
to aggravate it, they have to cop a pretty heavy blow to the side of your shoulder, whether it be in a tackle or sort of making a tackle or landing on the ground. Um, so there's less likelihood of that than a forward who's, say, you know, making 20 hit-ups and trying to make 40 tackles. So his, his aggravation risk isn't as high. But the thing with, with this situation is that Melbourne have a really good replacement in Nico Hines. Um, you know, the, the Roosters, you know, if, if Takeaho's ruled out, their replacement level guy isn't going to be, you know, nearly as good as what Takeaho is going to be. And I'm not saying Nico Hines is as good as Pappenhausen, um, but they've got that luxury. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him miss a week or two. I was just listening to an interview before. He said he's got a test, I think, today or tomorrow on it. Um, so it is something he can push through, but I, I, he's not. I wouldn't be trading him out because it is something that usually guys are pretty effective in playing through. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be expecting. You know, like I wouldn't throw the captaincy um, band on him or anything like that. Like I, I, I would just, you know, have him on your reserves and hopefully have somebody else, like a Sam Walker or someone who's playing on Anzac Day, who you can switch to if need be. All right, that's valuable again. I, uh, you know, initially I had my plan was to maybe keep the captaincy on him as a backup, but yeah, I'll be straying away from that for sure. Now, looking also at, uh, I mean, Jason Tamalolo, I mean, a bit of a freak incident where he's now managed to fracture his other hand during training. <laughs> Mate, like unheard of, seriously. Like, not just fracturing both hands, but doing it at training. Like, you know, what what what's happening up there? Who knows? But, um, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, conspiracy theories floating around, but look, hopefully just bad luck. The good news is this time, well, we don't know where the fracture was last time. This time it's in a metacarpal bone, his third metacarpal, which has a really good healing rate, especially if you get surgery on it, which potentially he has gotten. Um, so I'm pretty sure the Cowboys are pretty confident that he'll be missing this week, but then back next week. So he should be back pretty quickly. All right, and the other two injuries are... Mulatalo, a bit of an ongoing knee injury and potentially will miss next three to six weeks, depending. And Heimel Hunt, hamstring injury, potentially uh, two weeks at the minimum, but uh, obviously depends on severity of the strain. So uh, I wanted to finish up just by talking about a couple of key players who returned from injury. And firstly, Tommy Turbo. How good did he look to you in his, uh, obviously, great game, great in particular that first half of his? But did you... Uh, did you notice anything that gave you concern or you've got confidence in him again? No, like I thought it was an excellent return. Like as good and I'm sure everybody else sort of saw what I saw in terms of, you know, I I put a tweet out there, he's striding out in open field. Like it's just fantastic to see that because especially once you've been through that many hamstring injuries, like your, you know, your, your mental battle as much as your physical battle, you know, it's can you trust them to hit top speed? You know, we've seen guys like Jared Mullen and, and those kind of guys we've talked about in the past and they didn't trust themselves to hit top speed. Whereas Tommy really looked like he was motoring a lot of the time, which is just fantastic. And as I said in the preseason, if anyone was listening, you know, like, a, like if there's a guy who's, reportedly more committed to his rehab you know it's Tommy like he just absolutely smashes it so it was really good to see in that respect from a super coach point of view look like it's once again it, the risk is still there um, for re-injury like I, like I am no, there's no bigger as I've said no bigger Tom Trebojevic fan than me um, he would have to really 
you know, repeat performance this weekend for me to consider to trade him in. And then even then I'm trading him in like regretfully, just more like, well, like he's going to make a lot of cash and potentially score me points. But there's just there's just that increased injury risk. Um, you know, like a, like he'd have to get sort of, for me to be confident, and it doesn't mean I'm not going to trade him in if, if need be, but for me to be confident in his hammy, he'd have to get through like two to three months of solid footy without a re-injury before I'm like, yeah, okay, like we're, we're past that area of where the ele- the risk is elevated. So, you know, that's it's not to say that he's unpickable in Supercoach for the next two to three months, but more, once again, if, you, if you're tossing up, if you're like, oh, do I get this gun or do I get turbo and it's really really close for you i'd go for the other guy um because they don't they won't have that concern hanging over their head that the hamstring could go again you know at any stage all right that's good to know again for those considering turbo plenty of super coaches out there are tossing that trade up for sure and uh, a couple of names that we maybe not, not touching on in detail this week but sean johnson might be on the horizon for this week or next week, and also I believe Katoni Staggs uh, potentially in a couple of weeks' time we might see him. Uh, I think there was some chat he might be aiming for Magic Round, but yeah, obviously we might uh, dig into that a little bit more next week. But again, thank you so much for your time, Brian. It's always a pleasure, and yeah, again, patreon.com slash Physio. Check it out. It's well worth it. Appreciate it, mate. Talk to you next week. Gotcha. Stephen, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations, the rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. Alrighty, so thanks to NRL Physio and Will for the chat through the injuries. There are a few affecting this week's games. Uh, Bear, very keen, uh, given the talk we've had with about Kalen Ponga before the podcast started, for you to talk us through Panthers Knights. Yeah, mate, this is, I think, will be an interesting matchup here. I think, like, you look at this, the Knights pack here, and you've got, what, Clemens, Saifidi, Frizzell, Barnett, and Watson. They they match up pretty well on um, the starting forwards, at least, from the Panthers. So, I mean, I can't see what I, I can't see why the Knights are so far out. I think the last time I checked, they were five bucks or something, and I, I think that's a bit of value here, especially, um, yeah, the Panthers. I don't, I don't know. that They looked all right the other week, but... I don't know, I'm, I'm sniffing a bit of an upset. Momorowski obviously just been um, uh, unsuccessful at the judiciary, so three weeks there. So there might be some weaknesses um, to, to probe on that right side with Bradman, Best, Ponga and, and Barnett attacking that side as well. Yeah, and I mean, obviously Ponga back in makes this team look um, so good. And like we were, we were talking through the weekend, like everyone was really high on Turbo's performance and he did really well especially that first half looked like he gassed a bit but Pong had scored like 50 more points than him he's got the kicking and everything so mate this this is this is shaping up to be a pretty good game I reckon it might be tight and then both teams might be able to open it up a bit in the second half so looking forward to this one I feel like the Broncos kind of showed a bit of a blueprint to, to tr- troubling the Panthers not that the Broncos were really looking like they were going to win, they, but they really took it to the Panthers. I think kicking to Brian Toto uh, was quite effective for them and making him to catch the bomb and then he'd either take the tackle or he'd only have a, 
short space to run up and then he couldn't take the second or third hit up. That really seemed to make the Panthers struggle to get out of their own end. Yeah, and then the, that that first interchange of Mayotte-Lock did not work at all. And, um, yeah, they couldn't contain Lodge early and, or Haas. So, and this, this, like I said, this Knights pack will take it to them. So I think it'll be an interesting game. The only thing I will say is the potential late-ins, obviously Appy and Dylan Edwards sitting in the extended bench. So there could be a bit of a shake-up. Good thing is, obviously, first game. So... They won't catch us off guard that way. Yeah, love uh, love both those sides this year. I think it'll be a bit of a barn burner. Wilf, uh, Titans, Rabbitohs, Fafita gave us all captainers a bit of a heart attack uh, in that first half before coming slightly good. But with Latrell Mitchell out, how different do you think the, the Rabbits will be? Yeah, so the, the reports, um, courtesy of Wacko's Whispers, was that apparently Cody Walker was training at fullback, even though Alex Johnson has been named there. I'm wondering if that's just a, you know, just in case AJ's hurt or whatever, but obviously they do have a very capable replacement in the halves in Benji Marshall. So whether Benji goes to six and Cody actually plays one, not a fan of that actually because I think Cody, he struggles a bit under the high ball and just he, he obviously isn't a, a natural ball returner either. Not that Latrell did a lot of it, but, you know, even uh, the occasional hit up from or kick return from Latrell is going to be far more impactful than Cody who... From memory, anyway, when he played fullback, he got folded and pushed back a lot. Uh, the, the Titans do lose Tino to suspension, who's gone, who, who's accepted the guilty plea cop two weeks there. But, you know, Fodderwake is a great replacement to start instead. And Sam McIntyre, I mean, that'll be interesting to see what kind of role he plays, given he was a bit more of an edge player at the Tigers. But, yeah, I think the Rabbitohs, they're not going to really miss Luttrell. Not, not so much. I mean, sorry, they will miss him offensively in terms of their attack, but I think overall uh, the, the Rabbitohs, I still expect to be able to handle the Titans, even though, I mean, it depends what type of Titans team shows up, right? <laughs> if the same team from last week shows up, this could be a bit of a pasting again. Yeah, it could be. It's it's a reshuffled back line and the Brian Kelly owners uh, have to hope that, you know, there's a bit more love for him, you know, or opportunities for him than there were last week because I'd be nervous if he puts in another kind of mid-30s uh, effort as well. So Bear, Eels, Broncos, Friday night, it's in Darwin, which has got to still be stinking hot and, and pretty humid even at 8 o'clock at night up there. Um, what's your read on this game? Yeah, again, I think the Eels should just be a bit too strong for the Broncos. Hopefully the Broncos show up again like last week and it might be a bit closer than we think. But, yeah, just a bit too much firepower, I think, especially from the back. The second row and locks are the Eels here. And Reid Marnie's playing out of his skin too. So Although Brody Crofton didn't look all right, so it'll be interesting to see how those two go moving forward. And just as a... And aside, we, you got Tino out, and a lot of people are looking at um, Matt Lodge. And I started the year with him before having to trade him out when he was injured. And Ewan, I didn't wasn't able to get him back in, but he's pumping out scores that I thought he'd be getting at the start of the year. So he looks pretty good. Tavita Pengai Jr. starts on the edge again, unless there's a late swap. So the whole, oh, we were only doing it to match up on kick out, might be a bit of crap, and Ricky might need to be gone sooner rather than later if you kept him hoping he'd be coming back into the side. I think he's honestly I think he's a better edge player. He's much more impactful and his offload uh you know there's more room to move and there's more space for that offload to kind of go to in that second phase play. So I think the Broncos are set with Lodge, Haas and Carrigan in the middle. 
Um, so that's TPJ's future as far as I'm concerned. I, I sold Ricky last week. I'd, I'd definitely be moving off him. Yeah, I agree. I also sold him. I think um, Pangai had his best game of the year. And even though he didn't reflect super coach wise, but we've seen enough from Pangai. He's getting 80 minutes on the edge. He will score points eventually. And with uh, Stags not too far away, apparently, he's aiming for Magic Round. I think, um, you know, that Pangai Stags right edge combo was really, really good when we saw them playing together. And I think there could be a lot of points on offer. So definitely keep Pangai on your radar, whether you grab him this week or not, even though it's at night. So it might not be as hot. But it, I wonder, I don't know how, what the weather's been like in Sydney, but it might not be, uh, you know, they probably hadn't played in that humidity for a while. So it might be a little bit uncomfortable for them, but we'll, you know, I wouldn't read too much in it. I still expect the Eels to be able to handle the Broncos, especially the Broncos playing away from Suncorp. They just uh, don't look the same at all, basically. So Not only that, but, you know, you only get two or three blood and thunder speeches before a game every year before the players start to tune you out and, and Kevy most definitely cashed one of those cards in uh, before the Panthers game. So, um, you know, he had him fired up. That's great, but it's not something for every week. I will say I'm a Blake Ferguson owner and I'm excited to have him run at Corey Oates and uh, we'll talk a bit more about Papa Lee uh, later in the podcast because he's um, defying all expectations. Wilf, Sharks, Bulldogs, I'm not going to talk about the Bulldogs, so I'm going to leave it up to you. I'll start with the Sharks. It's good to see SJ named, although he's on the bench. This will be really interesting to see exactly what what role he has or if he actually stays there. Uh, You know, there was a lot of chat earlier on whether or not uh, it's going to be Moylan or Townsend or Kennedy who drops out once SJ returns. I don't think anyone saw or expected SJ to start on the bench. So, yeah, it might just be easing him in, giving him some match fitness. But, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if there might be some late shifts here, especially if Townsend ends up, you know, signing with the Cowboys, as, as is rumoured. So I wonder if that, yeah, changes the plans for uh, Hane as the interim coach. But, yeah, obviously if you were uh, lucky enough to take a chance on Teague Wilton, you've uh, really cashed in and, you know, he's played really well. Uh, apparently he seems to have a much better work rate playing in the centres than he does on the edge, which is kind of funny. But he gets another start on the edge with uh, Wade Graham still out. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, his, his cash-making will continue as to whether you want to play him in your 17. It's probably a good week if he's going to play big minutes on the edge this week against the Bulldogs. I'd um, you know put him in, in my 17 with relative confidence. On the Bulldogs side, you know, what can you say about this team? Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of – I'm hearing a lot of chat about Luke Thompson, and I understand it. He's uh, had pretty good two, first two weeks, getting plenty of minutes in there, with especially with Josh Jackson out at the moment. They're kind of looking to Thompson to be a bit of a leader in that forward pack. So I expect his minutes to stay strong. I just wouldn't count on too many attacking stats. Uh, but, you know, he's scoring at like a 1.1 PPM. He's probably going to give you solid 60s, 65s if, if his minutes stayed around the 55, 60 mark. So the only downside to him is obviously he doesn't play around 13, which I guess a lot of people are looking at. But at the value, at the price of, you know, mid 400s, I think he's not a bad shout. For those looking to move on a Tino. Yeah, it's possibly the worst forward pack of the NRL era. Um, Napa, Katoa, Thompson, Elliott, Chris Smith, Corey Waddell, and then Bradley, Dites, Atoni, Siamana Fagai, and Matt Dury on the bench. Like there's just Luke Thompson's the only person that, that is an, an average or better NRL player. 
uh, the rest of them are pretty poor. So I think he'll get as many minutes and as many hit ups um, as he as he wants with that lineup. I feel you've been a bit rough on Adam Elliott. He's been all right this year. He's had some, you know, he's had some attacking spark now and then. Yeah, he's been okay. I mean, maybe he's the, I don't know, twelfth best, fifteenth best edge back rower, I guess, something like that. So maybe that's statistically average, but um, the rest of them can, uh, yeah, no, thank you. It's worth keeping an eye on what's happening with Jackson Tupany. I think that's how you pronounce it. Actually, he's uh, he's not on the team list. Apparently, he's got a bit of bone bruising, so he's probably missing two weeks or so. But there was some rumours apparently that he. Yeah, it could be in line for a starting spot. So, Bear, you, you shout, I think it was last week, you said he could end up starting sooner rather than later. Uh, might be on the money, so something to keep an eye on, obviously. Yeah, that's interesting. Bear, Cowboys, Raiders, uh, Saturday night, there's uh, a little bit of movement on both sides. Yeah, mate. Um, the one that I, I don't – I like this bloke as a footballer just because he's um, he, he plays hard and – it. He gets through a fair bit of work when he starts too. Old um, Lachlan Burr comes on for the 13, so that, that'll be interesting to watch him. But um, the big ones really are um, CHN and um, Horsburgh come onto the bench for the Raiders. And um, I honestly, I, I don't think it'll be too long till um, uh, CHN gets a start either. He's, he's such a good player. Uh, yeah, so I think he'll also be starting in the next couple of weeks. Um, Ryan James is back, um, so if you've held on to him, um, that's not a bad shout. Hopefully from the starting spot, he might punch out another 50 for you. And Papa, Papa, Papa Big Papa, going back to the <laughs> So Yeah, no, mate, that, it's going to be a good game. I think the Raiders should be too strong again, but... Um, Ricky's really taken a taken a, a a bloody knife to the to the forward pack though. I mean Emery Gula starting James you'd expect gets forty to forty five, but you know there's some decent uh, names. Obviously Josh Hodge, Hodgson's out, Simmonson's out as well. But a lot of talk about Starling being actually better for how the Raiders want to play um, to get them to move forward. So if that is true, um, you know I'd, if you've got Ryan James, I'd definitely have him in the seventeen because. Um, you know, those attacking stats, he, he loves to score a try. And, you know, a, a, apart from maybe the Bulldogs, uh, the other team you want to be playing if, if you're after attacking stats of the Cowboys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think that's a great shout there. Like, Cohen Hess is not the best defender at the best of times. Yeah, a bit, bit of a surprise to see Tarpanay and Soliola, um, you know, banished to the reserves, but Ricky felt like he had to make a statement and I just can't believe that, like, the we talked about the Bulldogs' uh, depth in the forwards. Um, you know, Soliola and Tarpanay can't even make the 17 for the Raiders and they'd be our two best forwards. So there you go. Uh, Wilf, West Tigers and the Seagulls, uh, I mean, for me, it's all about Tommy Turbo and uh, Dane Laurie, the fullbacks, um, for this one. Yeah, look, I think you know, it's so good to see Tommy Turbo back playing footy, looking healthy. And, you know, everyone was probably really wanting to see him stride out and have a good game. And he did that last week. Uh, as per my chat with NL Physio, he was very encouraged with what he saw from Tommy as well. And that's always a good sign. Can Tommy actually make Jason Saab relevant? Probably not. Uh, but at least he's going to make some money for owners who held on. 
I mean, 44 with two tries in there is uh, that's quite some effort, especially when he doesn't have any. That's hard to do, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no negative stats as well. So it's not like he copped the sin bin or anything. He just zero work rate because, I mean, both those tries, I believe, he probably would have gotten two points for, you know, a hit up over eight runs plus a try. So, you know, tries alone would have been 38 points. So six points in the rest of, <laughs> rest of your game. You see um, the conniptions. Turbo can give to other teams. Like he's putting Saab over for two tries. That bloke didn't look like scoring for the first five weeks. So, mate, it's good to see him back. And, mate, I've always said he's probably the best player for Supercoach when he's fully healthy. And um, maybe the kicking might drop him back a level, but, but he is a freak. Yeah, and we were talking offline, uh, Bear, you and I, about the effect that it might have on Jake Trebojevic about whether there's, you know, more potential. Obviously, there is more potential for attacking stats with with his brother in the team, but does that kind of push him up the the pecking order and make him a viable uh, second round? Oh, I definitely. I. It's hard because the second row's all over the shop. I think he could definitely come into contention for a spot your team for the run home. I don't, I don't think you can bring him in before Origin. Um, it'd have to be after and then just keep an eye on him and see how he's going. If he jags a try or two beforehand, but he might be in a bit of trouble. But, yeah, it, it's tough because he's just not – he's still got that role where he's passing a lot before the line and it's a bit of a killer. But, yeah, definitely keep an eye on him. And just as a, a play in year 17 every week by the looks that uh, he's all class and, and pretty hard to believe that he that he started out of the uh, out of the 17 at the start of the year. Um, lots more concerns with the Roosters, uh, Bear. Uh, Roosters playing the Dragons, who obviously have had a surprisingly good start to the year, but is this the week that Teddy starts to turn it around? Possibly. We were discussing this too before when we were talking about if Angus Crichton's Becoming a bit of a non-relevant player, the way the Roosters are going, it'll be good to see this Sam Varillas back in at hooker. He he he'll give him a bit of better service. Hopefully, some of the forwards are still all there to get a bit of go forward happening. But the the teams all seem to be crashing in on Tedesco and trying to limit his space on the inside and stop him from getting to the outside. And that sort of seems to be cramping up Crichton as well, especially in attack. And that's why you saw Walker against the Sharks throw those two nice loopy boards over the top. So Walker's probably going to keep looking for them. I don't know. They've got to they've got to do something though to try and push teams' defenses back out, spread them back out, and give Tedesco a bit more room. Otherwise, um, he's not going to be as I don't think he will be relevant. But again, the Dragons' line speed. Still good. I think they were a little bit unlucky last game, but that's the way footy goes sometimes. I'm pretty excited by this game. I think it'll be a pretty good clash. So I got stung by Brett Morris being out last game. So hopefully he's back and healthy and makes makes a bit of a difference. Yeah, I think I, I do. You know, they, they are one of the few clubs that you really do uh, trust to get it right. They've had a couple of down weeks. You know, there's a few people, uh, a few players there that you're pretty much on the, the uh, you know, time to start upgrading or downgrading. Your Fui Maionos, he's pretty much, you know, gained what little cash he was going to do. And Takiaho has been named. And if he does play, you've got to think with that rib injury, it's going to be on reduced minutes. So, um, you know, there's a couple of people to move on 
uh, by the looks of things as well when you started to uh, free up your cash for trades. Uh, Will Storm Warriors, the uh, the Anzac Day Clash, uh, Paps out, which is, you know, not ideal for me. He's gonna, he's probably going to have to go. But what else is news out of this out of the teams? I think the the good news, I suppose, is Paps is out, and we know that for sure. So it means we can plan. It would have been frustrating to have to, you know, play Willie won't he all week, especially with them being the last game of the round. Uh, I think Nico Hines is more than capable replacement though, so I don't think the Storm lose too much. And just again, testament to the depth they have in those fine positions. Getting Finucane back, I think, is going to be a pretty big thing for them. It'll just give a bit more leadership on the field. Not that they're struggling too much. Obviously, they're cruising pretty comfortably the last few weeks. Look, I think the Storm, they're, they're building. And it'd be really interesting to see how the minutes shake out between Brandon Smith and Harry Grant because Grant actually played more minutes in the first week back than he did last week, even though he obviously carved up and just got a lot, a lot of attacking stats. So... Having said that, I mean, if, if Grant's minutes don't creep up higher to the 55-60 mark, it's just going to be a little bit scary to, to you know, have to trust him. I know a lot of people are interested, and understandably so. I, I love Harry. He's just literally, you know, just the sky's the limit for him potential-wise. For him to be this good this early in his first-grade career is just insane. Well, Melbourne are going so well that they've got the luxury to just kind of keep him almost in reserve and not have to kind of empty the the fuel tank with him. The big question for me, obviously, is, you know, if Grant does pick up with minutes, uh, Cheese will play more middle, which is going to have some kind of flow-on effect to Christian Welsh um, along with Finucan coming back. But but frankly, he's been their best forward, uh, their best middle for sure. So you think he's going to get the big piece of chicken when it comes down to uh, working minutes out. But, you know, 50 is probably the ceiling about now, don't you think? Yeah, look, totally agree with that. And I think that'll just cap his upside. It'll probably still give you solid 60, 65s when he gets the offload going like he has the last few weeks. But, yeah, um, the days where he might have busted 75 in base and base attack because he was going to play 60 minutes or whatever, they're probably long gone. I can't see it happening without injuries, basically. The Warriors, uh, what about this team list? He's, it's just been injury after injury for them. And it's just what the, the reshuffling in the back line, uh, the, the changing of the bench, uh, just it's hard to predict what's, what Brownie's going to do here. I'd be surprised if this is how they run out. Uh, and, you know, they've got, a, they've got Jack Murchie in the centres. They've obviously got Josh Curran. I know everyone's looking at him. And they've also got Murder Masilla on the other edge. And then they've got Bailey Sirenen sitting in the 17. So we saw plenty of reshuffling in the first couple of weeks with between Sirenen, Tohu, and uh, even Murdoch Masilla named on the edge a few times and then reshuffled to the bench. So it's just hard because it's the last game of the round. I know a lot of people are thinking about going early on Curran and understandably with how well he played in the first in his first game, playing those big minutes and scoring uh, so well, uh, you know, you'd hope he went a long way to nailing down a spot. I'd really like to have another look at him, basically, and see if he's named to start again in his third uh, game, especially if they come off a loss against the Storm and he still holds his spot, uh, whether that means that he'll, uh, you know, he'll he'll be much much safer option. But, yeah, the Warriors, they're, I mean, they played at historically great levels last week. I think a 40 from 41 completed sets which is insane and I think at some at one point they thought it was 40 from 40 but then they found a set 
apparently the Warriors didn't quite complete, so hmm. they got changed after that. Yeah, and important to note with Curran, um, you've got Simpkins uh, going to play his third game next week as well. So, you know, if they're two excellent cash cows for the middle part of the year, um, Simpkins got much more job security and he's not playing Melbourne. So um, he'd be the priority cash cow trading over Curran. And, and like you said, just give it that extra, you know, week just to see how it shakes out given that Brownie uh, likes to play around with that. Bear, uh, your storm are obviously ticking over really well. Are, are you happy? You've, you're a Justin Olam owner. Are you happy with how he's going? Uh, he's up and down, I think. Um, it, it, he's... It'll be interesting to see how he goes without Paps there, actually. I think um, Munster will be calling for more of the bore, and I, th- and I think that'll benefit Olin. But I'm, I'm, I may be moving away from my he might be a keeper for the year, for the year stance. Yeah, he's, he's kind of levelled off after that hot start. Um, but, look, it's going to be a great game anyway, and all eyes will be glued to it. But... That's the team news for the week. Let's chat about our predictions. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear. All right. So round six, uh, look, I'll come out and say it. I was horrible at this pick last week. <laughs> Alex Johnston. Uh, yeah, he was closer to getting 13 than 133. So... Yeah, I'm really not good at this one, but uh, look, Bear, four. We've we've got one each. Bear's got four. He picked Cleary for 120. Cleary ended up on 125. And uh, yeah, look, you clearly are very good at picking whoever is going to be the highest scorer out of us three. Joe, you weren't too bad. You picked Luai for 123. He ended up on 81. Much better effort than than me, that's for sure. <laughs> Alex Johnson was as good a role as the dice as any, but he certainly didn't hit 133, did he? I'll, I'll blame uh, Nofaluma swapping to the left wing for that one. So our, our winner for this week, we finally had someone pick the top scorer uh, of Kalen Ponga, who top scored for the round with 163. There was only one person who guessed the right player, and that was Mark Kay at Mark Kelly 86, who uh, predicted 138. So pretty good guess. Uh, only 25 points off, but I don't think anyone expected Ponga to come out with 160-plus this week. So congratulations, Mark. Uh, make sure, again, uh, when I tweet out the winner, that you, you'll you get contacted by Swish directly. They'll send you the discount code. So with my prediction for this week, as, as much as I'm struggling, uh, I think I'll have to go first, and it's a really tough one, honestly. Uh, this is not a, clear, a clear-cut round, I feel. And having said that, I am going to I'm going to play it relatively safe. I'm going to back Kalen Ponga for 120. Ooh, he looked so good, and he was, he had the trots, and he still managed to uh, to pump out that score. He was incredible. Like Bear was saying earlier, all the talk was about Turbo, but Ponga was just incredible. So that's a, that's a pretty good shout. Uh, I'm happy to go next, and I mentioned it earlier. I think uh, the Broncos will come back to earth with a bang up in Darwin, and I think in particular the Eels will target Corey Oates. Um, He has a turning circle like the Titanic, and I think they'll try and get in behind, and that means my boy Blake Ferguson's going to do well. So 127 for Fergo. Not a bad shout at all. Bear? 
Mate, I'm going to take Munster against the Warriors in the last game of the round. With no paps there, he, I think he'll have the kick in. I think Storm should still put on a few points. And he's going to, I think, without <laughs> Pap showing up everywhere, he's going to try and step up and have a big game. And I reckon he's going to score 130. Oh, that, that, that's a great shout because cause he's, he's kind of due. Pappenhausen's taken all the plaudits and, and a lot of those attacking stats. He's been doing pretty well, Munster, but this might be his time to shine. Yeah, I really like that shout and it's a really solid reasoning there. So, look, this segment, thanks to Swish, uh, they are changing the way fans can interact with their favourite athletes. Uh, you can get personalized video messages from a sports star, including over 100 NRL players. Definitely awesome gift for anyone who likes their sport. Uh, it's a chance to deliver a message to your mates or your family or whoever differently, whether it's a birthday shout-out, invitations, or even just trash-talking for Supercoach purposes. Check out Swish at Swish, S-W-Y-S-H on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials, or jump on their website, www.heyswish.com. You can... Just pick your favorite athlete, send your instructions to the video. Swish will take care of the rest. And just remember, at least 20% of the proceeds from every video get donated to children's charities. And uh, don't forget, you can get a 10% discount code for all our listeners. Just use the discount code CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P, and Swish will take care of the rest for you. So check out heyswish.com. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Alrighty, boys. So let's get into the meat of things. I, I, I've said uh, in a few places over the last few days that this has really got the feel of an important trading week, particularly with the fullbacks. Um, 11 fullbacks are averaging 70 plus, and there are those premiums. We've got Paps out, Teddy's a bit out of form, Turbo's made of paper mache, and Ponga's only uh, just back with a tough run over the next few weeks. I guess really keen to go a little bit in depth about what our thoughts are for, you know, do you lock in, uh, a, you know, a, a duo uh, of fullbacks for as long as you can or do you continue that kind of week-in, week-out swap to the best one? Maybe, Bear, if you want to kind of talk about through the flavour of the week, which is Turbo and Ponga. Turbo's obviously got the advantage of being cheap and you can upgrade elsewhere, but I just think Ponga... They're very similar players, except Turbo does it with a bit more power. Ponga with finesse. Ponga's got the kicking game, the goal kicking too, even though he didn't strike him that well last week. So who knows, Bunnett might take it back over. But yeah, I think he's. I think for me, just with the goal kicking, I'd have to go Ponga over the top. But they're very similar in that all attack runs through them, and they basically play five eight in the red zone. And you know that one of them's going to do something eventually. So uh, they're both good shouts. And I still think Pappenhausen will probably be the highest averaging fullback by the end of the year. But with that comes the risk of Bellamy resting him a bit towards the back end of the season where these two clubs might be fighting for a finals position. So uh, I've got it in mind to run home with these two guys. It's it's the best part of it. It's about around about 115k between the two. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. Do you think that should factor heavily in which one you want to go with if you're picking this week? Not really. We were we were discussing straight after the game. It was it was really hard to decide between these two. But Pong is the one who's seems to be 
especially with that 163 in his score. If you don't get him in this week, he might be shooting up into that 800k area and out of reach until sometime down the track. And even then, like he might still put up those big scores. So if if you're thinking that you'd you want him in your team, I'd suggest this is the week you do it. Yeah, so so does that mean a Paps trade out even though it looks like it's only the one week? Or, you know, if you've got Pappenhausen and Teddy, Teddy a bit out of form, you know, do you do you look to move him on before Pappenhausen if you got both? I'd yeah, I'd probably nearly move Teddy first, to tell you the truth, and hope that um Pappenhausen's just out a week. If I had both of those guys, um, that's what I'd probably prefer to do. And I think both of you moved uh, Teddy out last week and, and have done well with it. Will, what's your read on the fullback situation? I, I totally agree with uh, your, your thoughts so far. It's certainly, it's certainly going to be one of the key decisions that people make, not just this week, but potentially for the season. And the reason for that is obviously we're at round seven now. And we're coming up to, you know, the buy periods less than six or well, six rounds away, basically. And if you're trading any of these guns out, like a Teddy or a Pappenhauser or anyone like that, you're probably not getting them back in because these guys are all going to play Origin, right? I think um, it seems pretty much accepted that Pappenhausen's going to get the 14 jersey for the Blues. Teddy obviously be fullback. Pong is going to be fullback for the Queensland team. Like, so you're talking about Origin players and... I think unless you're planning to trade them in and then trade them back out again over the origin period and then back in again later, I just think you're going to burn through your trades too much if you're doing a lot of that swapping around. So to to trade out Paps at eight, I mean, he's basically 896,000. So I understand the appeal. You can make free up basically 300K going from Paps to Turbo and potentially get, you know, whether it's, 70, 80, 90% of the points that Paps is putting up, just knowing that you, how hard is it going to get back there? Like if Paps bangs out a hundred next week or whatever, he's not going to really lose that much cash. And, you know, you look at the storm draw coming up. So obviously if he misses the Warriors then it's the Sharks, the Rabbitohs, the Dragons, the Raiders, and then the Broncos in round 12. And obviously we remember very clearly what he did to the Broncos last time. And that was the Broncos at Amy Park. And, uh, you know, if, if if you follow the Storm at all, you'll know that the Storm, the place they actually like playing the most is actually Suncorp Stadium. They just tear up. doesn't matter who they play there. Obviously, most of the time it's the Broncos. But uh, Magic Round in 2019, 60-6 to six against the Eels. I remember that game. Yeah, <laughs> it's very too. good. That's, uh, look, you know, no matter which way, you know, Murphy's Law that, you know, the one you pick, it'll be the other one that, that gets a hat trick and you'll have a conniption. But, um, yeah, it's, it's I think one of Turbo or Pong is really important this week and, and how you get there is uh, is is going to be a really interesting one that I know I'll toss and turn uh, over all week because I'm a, a Paps owner and a Teddy owner. But what about Hooker, which is, Almost as interesting as fullback this year. You know, we've got a heap of guns, uh, you know, mid ranges that have kind of really taken the step up, like a Connor Watson and a um, and a and a Braley. Um, but then you've got Harry Grant that we spoke about um, that's killing it. Damian Cooks kind of on and off. Um, Bear, you know, we've spoken a lot about this. Where you want to go with Hooker? Um, share your thoughts, mate. Mate, I've currently got. 
Cook and Watson there. And it's doing my head in because Cook's now got 112 break even. I'm, I'm, I'm half tempted to hold him just to see what he does without Luttrell in the team. And, but eventually I think he's got to go too. So hopefully if I do hold him, hopefully he gets close to 100 and doesn't lose a lot more cash. But I, I wanted Grant as well, but it's hard to miss Simpkin who then plays 13 as well, and Watson, who's pumping out like 60s without too many attacking stats. So, and they both play 13. So uh, at the moment, I'm finding it hard to not downgrade to Simkin and just have those two through to 13 and then bring back in the hooker that I want to run home for the rest of the year with. Yeah, I mean, we tend not to... to go too hard on calling players must-haves. But I think in terms of a mid-season cash cow, Wilf uh, Simpkins about as close to a must-have as it gets, right? Yeah, look, I think you're right in that he could be as close as it gets. I mean, he came out first game, NRL debut, banked out 82 minutes, including golden points, scores 56 in base. And, I mean, I mentioned in the preseason, I thought that Simpkins had a chance of usurping a little as the starting hooker and... You know, I, I try not to be biased, but I honestly felt the Tigers immediately look sharper. And I guess on the field, their performances uh, across the board, basically. I mean, the pack was, they were taking it to the Rabbitohs and it was, you know, just a little bit of a lapse right in the 82nd minute that let Tom Burgess run 30, 40 metres to score a try. But yeah, look, I think you, you'd have to argue if Simpkins going to hold his spot, keep playing 80 minutes, I can't see why you'd, you'd be able to go away from that. Like we saw how effective Harry Grant was playing for the Tigers last year. I'm not suggesting Simpkin is able to, you know, lace up the boots for Harry, but, you know, he's definitely a really, really good player and one that Madge really liked and wanted to headhunt specifically. So I, I reckon Simpkin has got, he's going to have a really, really good shot. And if he's going to bang out 55, 60, uh, you know, how do you turn down that cash? Because he could make 300 grand. And then you'd be able to easily go out from, you know, Simpkin to whatever your round seventeen coverage hooker or your run home hooker post origin. Yeah, given that he plays thirteen is is what really puts it over the top. He's a great buy, but yeah, the fact that you can bank those points in a buy round is is uh, you know what makes him the must for me. So from two positions where we're spoiled for choice uh, with too many options to. Possibly the worst position in Supercoach this year, front row forwards. It's just, it's almost crap all the way up and down. Bear, how are you trying to tackle uh, your front row, particularly if you've got Takiyaho and, and uh, Fasua Malawi, both with uh, injury cloud, suspension cloud, but also huge break-evens? Yeah, I have i don't have TKO, but I do have Tino. And but I, at the Currently, what's in my head, he's gone for me. I think, obviously, you ne- you nearly need to have Haas there by the end of the year. You don't need to jump on right now, but um, I'd I'd probably be getting on him soonish and then probably holding him for a while, probably through Origin and trying to get through. Maybe if you've got Welch, you're all right for 13 and maybe one of the other little... Who's the guy from the Tigers? He's going all right. Stefano. Name Stefano. If you've got those two, you can probably run them through thirteen and then tr- change them into 
one of the a better gun front rower for um seventeen if that's what you wanted to do that that's what I'd be doing at the minute. So it's that second tier uh, front row forward, Wilf, that a lot of people are sniffing around, uh, particularly this week. Um, you know, you've got Welsh, who a lot of people started with, and I've still got him. Luke Thompson is a bit of a flavour of the week. Fisher Harris plays uh, the first buy round as well, and you've got the likes of Josh McGuire and Matt and Matt Lodge that uh, are sneaky options as well. So, what's your kind of read on that second tier? For me, I think. I'm tending to stay away from all of them. Just if I had to pick one, it probably would be Fisher-Harris because of the round 13 coverage and his dual position status. And, like, he is obviously, I mean, he scored pretty well so far this year. So, you know, a lot of the other guys, um, Welsh, he's done well. But as you pointed out earlier, Joe, he's, his minutes are going to be capped pretty soon. And I think he's going to be primed to be a, an upgrade or a downgrade to someone shortly. Again, Thompson not playing round 13 is a bit of a killer for me. You know, if he's keeping up these minutes and he's, you know, he's not going to skyrocket anywhere price wise unless he crashes over for a double at some point, which is very unlikely. But, you know, like he can probably be a round 14 consideration once someone, you know, like a Stefano or a Spencer Lenny or whatever covers round 13 for you. And then you can uh, upgrade them to, you know, upgrade one, downgrade the other. And you know, turn those two into a uh, Luke Thompson and someone else, or something like that, where you'll happily have them as your third or fourth front row forward slash second row forward. Um, you know, maybe your fifth second row forward with the dual position there, and just have them there for safety, cover around seventeen, and then keep them for the rest of the year for depth. Um, you know, guys like McGuire, I mean, he's on the bench, so you can't really look that way. Lodge, I don't mind. I just think you probably need to get your expectations in check. I mean, he scored sixty odd last week in really limited minutes. He played less than 40, I think. And it's worth noting that he, I think, and I was looking into this, I think he's only ever had one or two games where he's busted seven tackles. And basically it was his, arguably his best game as a Bronco uh, in terms of impact. And, you know, most of those tackle busts was just him having a go at Mitch Kenny. And, yeah. I think he, and he probably had a lot of nightmares of Matt Lodge, you know, storming down his front door and possibly putting, you know, a bit, a bit of hurt on him. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's not something I'd be expecting every week. I'd probably expect him to go back to maybe one, two or three tackle bus max. So maybe he averages in the 50 to 55 range if he's playing around the 40, 45 minute mark. So just as long as you're, you know, realistic with your expectations, I don't mind downgrading to him because of his price point. Yeah, it's, it's and obviously he's uh, you know has an injury in him and he also has a, sus- a suspension in him as well. So there is a little bit of risk with Lodge, but but I guess one guy who and I just while you were talking, then Wilf looked up his ownership. I can't believe that Isaiah Papali is actually seventeen percent owned. Uh, he's one of the most popular buyers for the round. He's got that dual uh, flexibility, second row, front row. But it's 633K, and, and Ryan Madison's got to come back at some point, right? Um, is it too late to get on? I think this is your last week if you're going to do it. I know it sounds like you're paying so much for 633,500, but even if you take out the tries, I mean, he's on a try scoring streak. I mean, like four tries, I think, in consecutive weeks. You know, he's benefiting from playing on that left edge. And the question mark is, as you pointed out, once Madison is back, where does that where does that leave him? Does he move over to the right? Does Matter go to the right? Does Lane go to the bench? Or does Papali go back to his bench role? Which I think, 
you know, super coach aside, I thought his biggest impact so far this year is when he's come off the bench as a middle and just like he, I honestly felt in round one and it might just be as a Broncos fan watching him, but he was the guy who started turning the tide towards the Eels when he came off the bench in, you know, the latter part of the first, first half. So to me, that's really stuck in my mind and maybe it's coloring my, my thoughts on him as an edge back rower, but I just think, you know, he's, he's scoring really well, but, as far as his impact for NRL purposes, I, I wonder if um, Brad Arthur moves him back to the bench just for that reason, that uh, he can really change a game. That's a good point, Bear. You've been quiet, no doubt in shock that somehow Wilf managed to turn a chat about Isaiah Papali'i back to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts, mate? I know you're a big fan of uh, the Eels second round. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Like He gives them a lot coming off the bench. My only argument is that well, hang on, he's Dad's about to bag Sean Lane again, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bag Sean Lane. He he'd probably give you more than Sean Lane would starting on an edge as well. So, mate, I I still don't get why how that bloke starts. Like, he's too big to move laterally and causes half their problems to, like down that edge. So, I, I have no idea if he's got. Some photos stashed in a wall somewhere he's holding over someone's head or what, but yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Some, somehow Bears managed to turn a conversation about Isaiah Papali'i into a, a rant about Sean Lane, hey? <laughs> well, a little bit more relevant than the Broncos, mate, to be fair. Uh, so we keep talking about round 13. It's a, it's a spectre that's looming, uh, you know, on the not too distant horizon. Keen to, I guess, get a bit of an understanding of whether it's numbers or, or people that you might be targeting that aren't necessarily guns out and out, but give you that by third, uh, that round 13 coverage. A few of them we've mentioned, but, um, but Bear, what are you kind of targeting numbers-wise for round 13? Uh, I'm probably going to aim at around 13. I think it's the better buy round that you have to target because – a few more of the guys playing there you could probably keep for the run home. Um, I think, yeah, I, I just think um, I'll be going after some bigger names and the guys that I downgrade to will be some players who I think might get a run in 17 before they disappear. So that's how I'm going to approach this. I'm going to downgrade to guys who might get a run in 17 upgrade to the guns i'm not just going to try and fill out the numbers and then after 13 i'll probably i'll probably wipe 17 and just try and bring in guys that i want for the run home fair enough and will 13 i guess for a buy round is is on the low side compared to previous years um is that kind of the number you're targeting or maybe a bit better no i reckon i'm going hard i'm, I'm looking at 15 16 potentially I don't see myself getting to 17 just more because of the fact that, like, you know, say at halfback, Nathan Cleary, I'm not going to trade him out. And Sam Walker is probably going to be still making cash at that point and it'll be handy for 17. And then fullback, I can't see myself, you know, if I'm going to have Paps and like maybe a Ponger or Turbo locked in, I don't see myself trading them out or whatever. So, you know, I can't, if I've got two of those areas, I only cop one AE, so I'm never not going to be able to get to 17. So I might still have, like, I've, I'm looking at my team now. I've got about 10 who will play 13 already. And that, that doesn't include me getting Simpkin in the coming weeks. 
and I've got my eye on, you know, like the likes of Nofaluma uh, and maybe even Lomax or, so, or Bradman Best or someone like that. So I can see myself getting to 14, 15 pretty easily. And that's kind of where I think I'm going to be aiming. So hopefully 15, 16, if I get lucky with some like last minute round 13, you know, single round downgrade uh, type options there. Yeah, I'm largely the same, um, but there's a little bit of junk there with, you know, I've got, I'm counting Charlie Staines, I'm counting uh, Lenu, and I'm counting, you know, Stefano in that as well. So to Bear's point, you know, you don't want to warp your team too much just to get, you know, 20, 30, 40 points uh, for that round 13. Sorry, I cut you off there, Will. No, I was just about to say, likewise, I've caught some of that junk in there too, but they, these guys are easy to hold. They're probably going to maintain mostly their value. Obviously, Stefano has made some nice coin, and he's still probably going to make a bit more as he's starting now. Spencer, you know, he's got a high break even because he only scored 21 last week, but I can, I can see him hovering around a 35 average and he'll get back to his price where he is now. So I'm not too worried about those guys losing, losing value. I mean, if, if Stefano goes and scores a double and peaks in – at, at say 500k in two weeks time then that's a different story but you know while he's where he is now i'm happy to hold him just kind of let him float around his average and then cash him out later just for those extra you know 30 40 points hopefully on the buy round excellent so we've gone pretty deep there boys and i guess it's time you know we've talked a lot about potential trades of what we might be doing bear have you landed anything more firm on on the moves you want to be making this week just because i haven't i didn't get on some of these guys who are making money and I've had like just traded trying to chase some people. I'm I'm just going I've decided I'm gonna to have to use Pappenhausen as a cash generator. Um it's scaring me but he's gone for me to Ponga and then I'm going to trade Tino to Papali'i and hope that he kills it again and <laughs> keeps starting. Um, but even even then, he's got that minus 10 there. So worst case, he still makes a bit of money and becomes another cash generator. And then I just keep burning through all my trades. Yeah, I'm um, the trade. I guess my problem is the trades I want to do aren't the trades that I probably need to do. You know, TKO being named is a bit of an issue. He's he hasn't played particularly well in recent weeks, and he's got that massive break even. So I'd almost rather him miss uh, the week so I can concentrate on getting you know going. I've still got little uh, moving little down to Simkin, uh, and I've got Tino sitting there as well, who's you know. I don't want to leave uh, all that cash sitting there for too long because he definitely needs to be traded out before he gets back uh, on the field. Um, my biggest challenge, and no one loves Kalen Ponga more than me, but it is a pretty significant price difference between him and Turbo. So um, looking at the matchups, you've probably got to say over the next few weeks, Turbo is a little bit more generous uh, than Ponga, but Ponga has the kicking to your point earlier. Um Honestly, there's about six different trades I could make. Wilf, um, help me out here. I don't know if I'm going to be much help here because I'm similarly struggling. I think it's it's probably the hardest week to trade so far this year. For me, I definitely need to do something at fullback. I have Pappenhausen and Hoy after my Teddy to Luai trade last week. So, yeah, um, obviously if Pap's not being named, I don't have a fullback. I, I mean, I was playing around before and I could do the simple trade of, say, Tino down to... Josh Curran 
and that's a bit of a risk like we've talked about before. I'd much prefer to be able to trade him in for his third game rather than take a punt on him now. But you know, that's the easiest way for me to get the cash to go hoy up to Ponga. And I know, you know, I could probably go uh, Tino to Lodge instead and hoy up to Turbo, but I kind of and and this is more just the fact that I've been burning through my trades. I haven't saved any yet. And I kind of feel I can't take the risk on Turbo injury wise. Because if he does go down, I'm not saying he will, but if he does, that's another trade I'm going to have to burn to fix up my fullback position. So I'm leaning towards going with Ponga just for the relative safety injury-wise. I'm not saying Ponga doesn't get hurt either, but I think relatively speaking, there's less risk on uh, on an injury for Ponga compared to Turbo. I also feel the pod factor. I think Ponga will probably be less owned just because of price tag. Uh, he'll be a bit harder for people to get to. So that's kind of where I'm leaning I haven't quite played around with the idea of trading out Paps yet. Um, I can't quite wrap my head around it. And I feel like if I try too hard, I might end up having conniptions myself. So, <laughs> yeah, going to play it play it safer, I think, with, um, you know, Hoy moving him out. And then Tino, I think, you know, he's suspended. He won't look, lose any cash, but I think he's shown that he is definitely not going to be a keeper this year. And I think he's safe to move out because he's still going to play Origin too. Uh, so he won't be any help. Trading, um, uh, covering round thirteen either. So for me, uh, Tino out. I, uh, I, I, I may still consider trading out Taka Aho. Uh, obviously, that's a recommendation from NRL Physio. He's made that uh, just because of the rib injury and the likelihood of aggravations, low minutes, pain management, all of that type of stuff. Uh, there's a high li- high likelihood that um, it's probably the safer bet to trade out someone like a Taka Aho dealing with that type of injury. Uh, one point he he brought out that was um, I think really really great uh, insight from him is that he compared the rib injury to something that Jai Arrow and also Sam Burgess both uh, dealt with in previous seasons. I think the key point he highlighted was that Jai Arrow uh, saw a drop in his production of seven points per game while he was dealing with this rib injury, whether it's from minutes or his output. And Sam Burgess actually dropped twenty points per game, um, and that was partially because I think he was playing on the edge as well, so that didn't help him, but. Yeah, it definitely had a sizable impact super coach wise and I'm wondering if that's going to obviously uh, cause dramas for Taka Aho. So, yeah, kind of leaning towards maybe just trading him out as well. He'll free up a little bit more coin. Tino can wait to be traded out in coming weeks. I think during um, that during that speech I changed my mind about three times on trades. I don't know about you, Bear, but um, you're talking me around. I, I've honestly got no idea. It's Yeah, I mean, is there one that you're – the fullback one, Ponga's pretty locked in, but the, the other one's just a bit of a you'll, you'll choose on how you feel towards the end of the week. Yeah, at this stage. Obviously, I'll probably try another, you know, 30, 40 different combinations before then. But at this stage, my, my gut feel is I'm going to get Hoy up to Ponga. It's just a matter of how I do it with the other trade. All right, good stuff. So plenty of uh, detail that we've covered there, guys, uh, getting towards the end of the podcast. Will, can you just run us through the group comp update? Yeah, so courtesy of supercoachchampion.com. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of funny because Alex obviously joined us, uh, our, our Patreon as a champ, but he actually never got around to joining our group comp. He's j- jumped in finally, so he's now the, the new leader coming fifth. Uh, we've got Trent, uh, equal 10th. He's the coach of Albino Magic. And um, the current third place is John, coach of Micah the Marnie. Uh, so in 13th, so yeah, strong comp there. Again, thanks to Super Coach Champion for putting up the 
really nice Supercoach Champion ring. And also where we chucked in a $200 voucher for your team merchandise store of your choice. Don't forget uh, promo code CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P, 10% off and free shipping of anything you want from supercoachchampion.com. So make sure you check that out. But look, that uh, I think that's a good place for us to finish. Um, I want to get stuck into trying out different trade, trade options for myself. I'm going to try to trade out Pappenhausen and see how that makes me feel. Massive thanks to everyone who listens and subscribes in particular. Uh, make sure you do subscribe so you can get our episodes as soon as they drop. I know I get messages from sometimes from people going, well, where's this week's episode? It hasn't come out yet. I can't see it. Just make sure you subscribe. I mean, I subscribe to make sure I get my uh, you know confirmation that the episode's been uploaded. It just happens automatically for me, and I use like Google Podcasts or something like that. If you subscribe via Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it'll just drop straight into your podcast app, so make sure you do that. Uh, always leave us some reviews and ratings so we know what we're doing good and obviously what we can improve on as well. Make sure you give us that feedback. We always love to hear it. And um, yeah, thanks again to the champs. You guys are absolute legends. You are basically kicking all of our butts. I, you know, I'm coming like 28th in the champs group and I'm almost in the top 1,000. So, again, testament to how well the champs are going. So uh, we'll catch you guys in the Discord. Um, good luck to everyone for your trade choices this week. It's going to be a really tough one, so make sure you really plan for it and, and map out for the week. And uh, we'll catch you again soon. See you guys. Take care.